Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Hey, Toby Keith passed away last night, and we spend a massive part of today's show talking about our memories, artists call with their memories, listeners with theirs, and so there is a lot of that on this show. Woke up and was very surprised to see it, honestly. I, I, My feeling was from him being here, but we saw him... In Orlando, like we went up during the football game and hung out with him a little bit. Jake Owen and I did, and he was talking about golf. And I guess my feeling was he had gone through a lot of it, but the worst of it was done. Um, and I guess that wasn't the case. But he's very, very private about it. And again, I was I was surprised to see it this morning. Uh, the family said he died peacefully. We had so many callers that are still on the phone right now which is what we're going to lead off the podcast with, with just some stories here, because I don't want to not get to somebody. Um, I do want to put Chelsea in Wichita. And our phones make a weird noise now. I was told we have new phones. Like, that sounds like you're punching like a... Or like a judge gaveled you in. Oh, that's it. court in session. Uh, Chelsea, can you... uh, You want to share a story with us? Yes. So I was 10 years old when I went to my first concert ever. My aunt won tickets um, through Cornbread here in Wichita, and um, it was the most fun concert that I've ever been to. It was it was in that year of after 9/11, and the country was being very patriotic, and um, it was kind of the dividing line between that red and blue when the country kind of then started fighting against itself. Yeah. And so I was young, um, and he definitely helped me figure out what side I wanted to be on and how awesome of this country is. And especially after 9-11, when this country really rallied together, um, and we've kind of lost that these days. And so Toby Keith really helped out with me um, and being very proud to be an American, for one. So he he was an awesome guy, and I this is a huge loss for the country. Um, 
in just in general. <laughs> well, we really appreciate your call and sharing that story with us. Obviously, a very personal story for you it means a lot to you. So, uh, thank you for that. Yes, thank you. All right, see you later. Let's go over to Sherry in Massachusetts, who's on the phone here. Hey, Sherry. Hi. Would you mind telling us your story? No, yeah, I'd love to. Thanks for having me today. But first of all, I just want to extend my condolences to Toby's family and just let them know how much we all loved them or him. Yeah. So I was a bartender at the time that I Love This Bar came out. And what a song. Like, just to change the energy, like the feeling in the room, like everyone singing it, it just like... It was just amazing. It was such a cool, cool thing to experience. And we even got to the point, you kind of got sick of that song, but it didn't matter. You sang it, you danced to it. Like it it hooked you in like two sentences in and you were just up again. And everybody at that bar that I worked at had a wedding song, like a song that they commemorated to somebody. You know, they were very passionate about our country. They would think about their friends overseas. He just touched so many people and I think he kind of knew it, but I hope so. You know, and like you said, with the, his kind of like saying goodbye and coming to see you one last time and reaching out to people, I honest to God feel like that was more to comfort the rest of us for what we were going to see than it was even for him to say goodbye. Yeah. It was like his final act of kindness because that's just what people thought of with him. Sherry, we appreciate that call. Thank you for sharing your thoughts and your memories with us, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You as well. All right. Bye-bye. Let's go talk to Kim in Delaware. Kim, you're on the Bobby Bone Show. Kim? Yes. Hi. Hi. What would you like to say? Uh, So, Toby Keith was like my daughter's gateway in country music. Um, when she was two, she would sing Beer for My, oh my gosh, I can't, Beer for My Horses. Child appropriate, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And so we would laugh like, this is maybe not the most appropriate song. <laughs> but she'd sit in the back seat of the band, just kicking her little legs. Her name's Violet. Um, she's getting married. And that's one of the songs that's done playing. Mm, that's... That is a, it's a great story. Also shows the connection. Uh, thank you very much for that call. Thanks. All right. Congratulations to her, by the way, for getting married. Uh, let's go to Erica from Oklahoma, which is where uh, Toby's from. Hey, Erica. Hi. Thank you for calling. What would you like to say? So, so I am from Oklahoma. I'm from a um, small town about 30 to 45 minutes away from Moore. And there's this place, it's a burger joint, it's called JW Grill in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And Kobe, or Toby visited often. Well, I was a teenager in high school, and it was around closing time, and this huge, tall man walks in. And this restaurant is just a bar with no tables, and you can see the grill and everything. And the cook turns around and says, Hey man, sorry we're closed. And this man had just walked in and goes, Okay, thanks, man. And turns around and walks out. And a guy sitting at the bar was like, 
dude, you just turned away Toby Keith. <laughs> and he was like, well, he can go sing me a sad song about it. <laughs> and it was so funny. We laughed about it the rest of the night because it was just such a Toby thing. If you're from Oklahoma, it wasn't rare to run into Toby. And he was just so down to earth. He could have been like, I'm Toby Keith, make me a burger. But he was just like, thanks, man. And left. And we were like, oh my gosh, that's such an Oklahoma Toby thing. Yeah, I'd have been like, do you know who I am? Before you send me away. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for sharing that story. Uh-huh. All right, let's do one more. This is Ashley in Norman, Oklahoma, on line seven. Ashley, hi. Hi. Thank you for calling. What do you want to say? Do we tell me your story? Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. So uh, growing up in Norman, Toby Keith was always a big, you know, part of our community. My sister went to school with Toby Keith's son. Yeah. And he came into their class one day and wrote a song with them. Oh, that's, oh, that's so cool. Funny. Was it Beer for My Horses? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was one of those, like, um, just fun songs that he just asked them if they wanted to put something in a song, and they just wrote one. That's fun. That's super cool. Well, thank you for the call, Ashley. And obviously a sad day for country music, sad day for Oklahoma, sad day for... A lot of folks. But thank you for calling, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you, too. All right, see you later. So you're listening now on the podcast. Um, what We're going to do stuff that's not Toby, but what we wanted to do is set – the original plan was to do an hour because our head of our format alerted all the stations, make sure you don't screw this up. So we had an hour. But then we ended up doing way more than that. But country star Toby Keith, he has passed away. The news was shared on social media. Uh, 2022 is when he said that he had stomach cancer. His last performance was in December for a sold-out Las Vegas show. Our boss, Rod, went to that show. We talked to him about that, too. So you will hear a lot of the normal show, then you hear a lot of Toby Keith, but I just want to start with this because it really was the biggest part of the day. All right, here we go. Here we go. Come on, Bobby. Bobby Transmitting across America. Let's go. What's up? Welcome to Tuesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. All right, let's go around the room and check in with everybody here. He says he's with it and a Drake fan. And when he looks at The Bachelor, he thinks that he's the better looking man. It's Eddie, 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 Eddie. <laughs> guys, 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 I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So the other day I get a text from a random number and I'm like, what is this? And it says, oh, dude, are you watching this game? It's so good. And I showed my wife the number. I'm like, do you know this? She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's our son's friend's dad. And I go, oh, okay, cool. I like that guy. I haven't seen him in a while. So I said, dude, I am watching this game. It's awesome. Miss you guys. We should get together again soon. Left it at that, right? No response. Nothing. So a week later, I'm in my son's basketball game, and another dad's sitting next to me. He's like, hey, man, that game was cool, huh? And I go, uh. Well, oh, it wasn't the same dad. Oh, my gosh. This is not the same guy. And he said, yeah, I, that's why I texted you, because the game was so cool. I texted the wrong dude. I miss you. We should get together soon. Do you not like this guy? I, I just don't know him that well. <laughs> we oh, should hang out again soon. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't so much that you're like, I was texting with somebody I don't know. It's like you were a little too personal with somebody that you yeah, know. I, I miss would never you. tell this guy I miss you. We should hang together soon because we've never hung out together that, ever. That, that's funny. <laughs> so now I'm like, what do I do? Do I like tell him? Because when he said that, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just kept watching the The accidental I mean, talking to somebody text. I had a... We have a, a cabin in Arkansas, and the neighbor 
that's been very helpful. Like when the weather gets bad, I have him saved as neighbor Arkansas. Also, the women's basketball coach is neighbors oh, yeah. who have on my phone. And I was having this. We we're going to Fayetteville and we were playing. And I know Coach Neighbors. And I thought I was talking to Coach Neighbors. But I was talking to my neighbor. And I was like, yeah, come back after the show. So he drove up. <laughs> Stop. Oh, hung out. Stop. Yeah. And thought. I was just confused the whole time. And then I looked. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's the most helpless feeling. Once I invited the wrong crews over to play video games. That's funny. There are two cruises. Yeah. And then when crew show, you're like, what are you doing? I was like, you're also here. <laughs> oh, no, wrong one. <laughs> yeah, That's terrible. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if that dad ignored it, obviously he's, you're good. You don't have to do anything because he never, he never replied to it, right? No, and in okay. my mind, though, he ignored it like, that's weird. Yeah, but probably. he did come up to you and go, hey, about the game. <laughs> he <know>? did. <laughs> All right, he's always trying to start a side hustle and make money quick, but none of the ideas ever seem to stick. It's Lunchbox! I might have another side hustle. Oh, I didn't realize work here was also a storage unit where you can put things that don't work and you can just leave them here. So I guarantee you. That's what you do with our pallet. You just leave it in a room. No, but I mean, there is someone on the show named Ray that he's doing that with his trailblazer because he never parks downstairs. It's been in the downstairs garage for over a week. It hadn't moved. Are oh, you no. storing your car oh, here? No. No, 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 no. I was moving. It was just embarrassing to have my entire life in my car and just parking it right next to the door, and you guys all walk by it. So I kind of hid it downstairs, but now I'm driving a different vehicle. My wife's, uh, I, that car's unloaded. Everything's fine. So, But you left it here for a week? Yeah, probably. So. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no, it broke down, and he got it towed here because he doesn't want it just sitting. Didn't you used to leave yours up here? Like when we, on a weekend? Yeah, like when we go on park and then just Or we go on vacation, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'd leave it here for the whole week because you don't want it out in the elements. And so I thought maybe Ray, <laughs> maybe he couldn't make it to his new house. He was like, man, I'm just going to store it at the... He starts leasing off parking spots, <laughs> Lunchbox does. Uh, she's getting back in the dating game, so double tap if you see her name. It's Amy! <laughs> okay, so I watched that documentary on Netflix that is about the We Are the World song, the making of the video. Yeah, Eddie told me about that yeah, too. It's, it's unbelievable. Called the Greatest Night in Pop, and I feel like I have so many highlights that I would share, but I don't want to ruin any of it for people. Atta so girl. I give it five out of five of the biggest pop stars in the 80s. Yeah, so they got good. together to sing a song. We are the world. We are the children. Yeah, it's for Africa. And it was to raise money for famine relief. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was every massive... Massive, but I haven't seen it. But see, so, yeah. th that that's crazy, and we all know that. But what's really nuts is it happened in one night and well, yeah. overnight. They had to schedule everybody to get there. Yeah, because there was an awards show in town, so they're like, well, everyone, didn't stop, uh, stop, stop. No, 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 that's no, not no, spoiling no, anything. No, I thought it, it was actually fascinating no how they got everybody together because this is. So I wasn't going to say anything. But that doesn't mean you should tell him not to. <laughs> I'm not being blamed I, for this because this is my little segment, and now I'm going to get blamed for it. Mm -hmm. And no, I'm I, not giving, I said it, the, though, and I didn't spoil anything. Okay, so. well, but that kind of I says know, how know they got together. Hey, hey, spoiler alert. They recorded a song that everyone heard. Okay, but yeah, but you don't know how they got together. and you. you how is that important? Like, you I just book them. <laughs> you just book them. Actually, I'll watch it and be the judge of okay, 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 Bobby, it is, it is I was, fascinating. I was told it was really good. Dude, there's some stuff in there you're going to be like, what okay. on earth? Like what? Stop. I can't tell oh, okay. you. See, tell see, you. see, see, he held up. All right, go ahead, Ray. From Mount Pine, Arkansas, he gets random texts all the time, but he doesn't respond, so he's fine. Bobby Bones. Thank you very much. Hey, for the past five nights, I've been sleeping with tape on my mouth, uh -huh. and I wanted to have a long enough runway to talk about it, so it just wasn't one night. So let me play this. So this was the story. If you can't sleep at night, mouth breathing could be the surprise reason why. 
And so they talk about breathing through your mouth. You could be twice as likely to experience regular nasal congestion. Um, 56% of mouth breathers say that they don't get good sleep. Sometimes you get apnea, sleep apnea, your mouth open, your throat closes. So I've been struggling sleeping, so I put the tape on my mouth. And so there's a tape called hostage tape. I want to play a couple clips here. Here's number one. Here's the tips. Go ahead. First, ensure that your lips and surrounding area are clean and dry. You don't want any grease or oil or residue on, which would hurt the adhesion. On the back, you'll notice a perforation. Pull the tape apart to easily remove the backing. Next, place the tape gently over your closed lips smoothing it out to ensure it adheres fully. Give it a good rub to help activate the glue, and that's it. You're all set for a peaceful, uninterrupted night's sleep. Glue is kind of weird because it doesn't feel like glue. It's just sticky, and it doesn't hurt to take off. Um, and you, it doesn't... You're not restrained. It's like called hostage tape. It's a funny name. If you needed to get free of it, you could. Yes, we've got, <laughs> we've got a couple kinds. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know that it's helped tremendously, but it definitely has allowed me to not worry about um, I don't know but well, it, I it, it's also, helped, I'd say it helps 15% I think I've read when you're breathing through your nose I mean the, more oxygen, the, more oxygen yeah. and then that helps with the so lot. I'm going to say through five nights it definitely has helped a little bit oh. and never once have I woken up and be like <laughs> you didn't have nightmares that you were being no. held hostage oh, man. I didn't and my wife has worn it a few nights too she's the same thing mm. so that feels weird it feels weird the first time you put it on, but I'm going to keep wearing it for a while, and I'll check back in in a couple weeks. Wow. I struggle with sleeping, but I do think it's made it a little bit better. Oh, okay. And it doesn't feel like I'm being abducted, which is what I thought it kind of would. <laughs> right. Like, you'd wake up and be like, well, I'm a move. So. Yeah. And if you want water, I, what I do is wake up water, pull it out, drink water, put it back oh, on. Oh, I thought you put it up your nose. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. My friend recently left a band that he's been touring with and is trying to make it as a solo artist. He just started writing new music. He's really excited about it. He constantly wants to show me his new songs and expects enthusiastic feedback. The problem is I don't much care for his music. I don't feel like it's very good. I feel kind of bad for thinking this, but I don't want to discourage him. But I'm also tired of pretending. Should I be straight with him or continue lying? What should I do? Signed, friend of an aspiring musician. Well, as what is your role in this friendship? If your role is somebody that he leans on to actually give him truth, then yes. But if you're a friend and he's just looking for support, just give him support. Just give him support. You don't have to lie, lie. Like, it's my favorite song ever. I like Fix You by Coldplay and this. You don't have to do that. <laughs> but do you say it's good? Like even vaguely you can, good? I, I think because he's also just starting, he's very excited and it's going to get better. But you could also be like, yes, you can euphemism your way around it. If he's not looking for you to be his true feedback, people have like one or two of those in their life. Otherwise they go to people just to have some sort of positive reinforcement. If you're positive reinforcement friend, if you're encouraging friend, just be encouraging. That's what I want to say. Yeah, there's no integrity play where it's like I must tell the truth. You probably lie all the time, whoever you are. Aren't you doing that thing though this year where you just tell people? It's not me though. The truth, no matter what. I know I'm saying. I don't listen to people's music though because people want to send me music all the time. Yeah. And I won't. I can just say honestly, I don't listen to people's music. Or if I do, I'll act like I never heard it and go, I don't listen to music, but I did, but I don't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) But mostly the first one, or is it? If your role in this friendship is 
to be the supportive friend. Don't feel like you have to be the person who gives it to them straight. What do you know about music anyway? That's what I would say to myself. Or if someone's like, hey, how do you feel my uh, architecture is? And if I were like, man, that's ugly, I would think, what do I know about architecture? I mean, I know what I like, but I really can't tell you if it's good or not. I know nothing about architecture or wine or, so unless it's your specialty, just be supportive. That's what I say. Anything from you? No, I think be supportive. Oh, thanks for supporting me. Thank you. Thanks for supporting me. (laughs) No, yeah, I'm supporting you in being a friend that supports. Thank you. All right, close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. On the phone now is Tyler in Ozark, Missouri. Hey, Tyler, what's up, buddy? I have the games played and games won with percentages for 2023. With every oh, game yeah. we played on the show. Wow. Oh, this is the second year in a row he's called in. Yeah, no, yeah, I remember last year we were blown away. That's great. Yeah. yeah, okay, so. Yeah, uh, you, said, you said you have percentages, and I was like, no, but I'll get them next year, so I got them. Okay, let's talk about So give us some give us some data here. Wow. So all the games played, you listen to every podcast. Tell me, give me, give me some stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so the most games played by a single person was 157, and that was Amy because there's different times. You know, the lowest person got booted out of Easy Trivia or different games until, you know, the next round. Yeah. So the most games played by a single person was Amy with 157. Wow. Wow. Good job, Amy. Okay, that's a good stat. What else you got? There was only one person in the show that got 100% in games played, games won. Okay, how many games oh, did they well, play? Yeah, not that's many. That's stupid. We already know. They played one game. Okay, who was that? <laughs> and they might have cheated. Okay. Oh, Ray. <laughs> it was when Ray had all the answers and he was playing oh, the game anyway. Oh, yeah, hey, Ray, 100%. Yeah. Come on, Ray. All right, Tyler. All right, what else you got for us? I mean, do you just want to go from the top, or I, like, I can't really every game? Yeah, no, go from whatever you have there. Give me some, like who uh, okay. who has the worst. Winning percentage on the show. The worst winning percentage was Morgan. She won twelve games out of seventy. Twelve out of seventy. That's terrible. <laughs> and what's and what's wow. that? What's that percentage? That is seventeen percent. Okay, that's like the Pistons. You know what? If you can't be first, you might as well be last. No, I don't agree. Just trying to get <laughs> draft aside from aside from Raymundo, Bobby, you had the second highest percentage, and it kind of has an asterisk. You went 9 out of 10 for 90%, but there's one game where you won and then you're like, oh, let's keep playing. Points are points are doubled. And then the double points ended up actually making you lose. Oh, I, then I lost. But, I lost. That's yeah. a loss. Yeah. I lost. I'm just here, I'm just here for a good time. Yeah. I'm not here for a long time. And you don't play many games. <laughs> I'm just here for a good time. I mean, yeah. this dude knows every oh, this single... Is, this is my hero. I'm gonna, I don't know what I'm going to get him. I'm going to give him something at, at the end of this. Okay, so take me out of it. Now give me... Um, Lunchbox's stats. Where did he fall in line? Uh, Lunchbox went 44 for 138 at 31.8%. Yeah! Not bad. Uh, I mean, that's fine. Okay. Where did he rank in the rankings? Was he next to last or was he up there? If you take, so Morgan was last. I'll just go from bottom up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. All right. So Morgan was last. And second to last place was Amy at 21%. Oof. She got. She went thirty-three for one fifty-seven. Hmm. Yes, Amy, got anything to say? Third from. Dang, got it. Okay, <laughs> you said it. Next up, <laughs> and then you have Abby went ten for thirty-seven at twenty-seven percent. Wow, okay. Abby's on there. And then you had Lunchbox at thirty-one point eight percent. 
Okay. Well, and then you had Eddie went 57 for 149 at 38.2%. Let's go! Oh, all I do is win, man. <laughs> You'd be a Hall of Famer in baseball. Well, yeah. All you do is win. No, 38% of the time. He just yeah. said, all I do is win, wow. basically. We played 157 games, though, last year. That's, that's what a I lot hear. of games. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, wow, that's, a, that's good, Tyler. So, so does he have like a spreadsheet? Like, how well, do you that's do that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you listen it and everyone just listen and keep track, or do you do it all year, or do you just go through and like cram all night and go through every one and find every game? No, I just, I, I mean, I get behind like a week or so every now and then because my work's up and down. Depends on how much windshield time I have. But, uh, yeah, as I listen, I just got it in my notes. I have each person's name with games won, games played, and then at the end of the year, I just did the percentages. So, well, Do you have a job that requires you to do math or spreadsheets? Um, I'm a job site superintendent. So, so I'm probably managing yeah. a job site and doing all that kind of stuff. But yeah, not really. I just like numbers, and I thought it was kind of fun to keep track of it because – you guys always said every, Eddie always won, so I wanted to see how accurate that was. You're the most winner. The proof is in the pudding. Well, you're the, you're the winner. The most. proof is in the data. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, so I want to give you something for all this hard work. Are you a NASCAR fan by any chance? I have a, instead of you sending me something, could I do 15 seconds of self-promo? Yeah, that'd be awesome. You go ahead. Uh, let's start, let's yep. start the timer, Raymundo. And uh, don't start yet, Tyler. When we get the TikToker up, we're going to go. I'll give you 15 seconds of self-promotion. This is Tyler, who lives in Missouri. Ready, Tyler, and go. Tyler, K-Y-L-E-R. And I've been in TikTok jail for a long time. I'm stuck at 480,000 followers. Hmm. I don't know what happened, but I could really use the B team to give me a boost and get me back in the algorithm so I can start making viral content. You have half a million followers. This is Kyler with a K. Wait, so, oh, oh it's not, oh, it's, it's Kyler. Kyler. But what's the account? Yeah, what's your yeah, account? Kyler. What's your account, Kyler? What's your name there? It's just Kyler, and it's my name, K-Y-L-E-R, E-N-N-I-S. E, Kyle, Kyler Ennis on TikTok. Yes. And he has half a million, it. how do you have half a million followers? Yeah, what'd you do? What in the world? Yeah, what'd you do to get all that all those uh, followers? I started with, like, DIY stuff whenever my daughter was born. Like three years ago, we did our nursery, and I did like a nursery makeover deal. Oh yeah, he's like. Cool. Then he's I've got, kind of become the grip strength guy. I te- I test different groups, different occupations, grip strength, and post those. And those videos have been doing really good. This dude's jacked. So if you ever want to do a grip strength video in the studio, let me know. I'll drive to Nashville. It's no big deal. What's a what's a grip? What does that Sorry, mean? What is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. What's a grip? Oh, so you a have a, you have the machine, right? Yeah, it's a handheld dynamometer, and whenever you squeeze it, it shows like how many pounds of pressure you can squeeze. And so he goes to all the different professions to see who has the strongest grip. That's a that's a funny mm-hmm. niche. Okay, so let me say his name again. You guys go follow Kyler Ennis. I just followed him. K Y L E R E N N I S. Okay. We'll get him out of TikTok jail. He's our st- statistician. We hear from him once a year. Oh, Kyler, we appreciate that, man. <laughs> Hey, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you guys. All right, buddy. Hey, give it up for Kyler Ennis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right, see you, Kyler. All right. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. A longtime customer of Schooner's Restaurant in Illinois gifted the 30 employees that work there a thousand dollars each. Wow. Yeah. Let me do math. One, two, three. 
30,000. 30 grand. Yeah, he did it in honor of his late wife and daughter. He sees the restaurant as a second home and the employees as family. He did not want his name shared, so I don't know it. But the guy that owns the restaurant said, hey, you don't, you don't have to do this. When he first heard about it from the man, he's like shocked and saying, this is too much. This is too much. Don't do it. And the man insisted because he's by no means rich. Somehow maybe he just had this money maybe because of the late wife and daughter. Who knows? But he wanted to donate it to hey. everybody and it's super cool. That is awesome. Yeah. I can't imagine somebody walking and handing me a thousand bucks. And Lunchbox can't imagine somebody doing it without wanting the yeah, I don't know why you'd want not your name out there. I mean, if you're going to go there, people can see who you are. You like should have, have a your, table named after you. you I was going to say, have a booth named after you. That's cool. But if I don't you think walk that, that's in, not the point. Oh. But if you walk in and you want that booth, those people have to move. Oh. <laughs> that's that's your booth. Oh, I thought they just named it after like the wife, but you want it to be yours all the time. Well, no, no. I'm saying other people can use it. And I, but, but if you're there, they got to get, get up. If you're there, they got to get up. Like, hey, we're moving you over here <laughs> like to the back. Like mid-meal? Yep. Okay. Got it. We were going to, our booth at Culver's where we met, mm-hmm. we were going to get a little plaque thing there. What? But you know they're tearing it down. I didn't know that. Oh, y'all should save it. went out of business? Let's save it. Save the Culver's. No, it's it's relocating, and then they're building something there because of the soccer. That's what we did. Whatever. We relocated. We did. So it's sort of, yeah. All right, good story. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern-day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss. 
host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bobby Bones show now. J.D. Clayton. I'm a big fan of this next guy that's going to play, but Lunchbox, what'd you tell him before we went on? I said, when you're performing your song, I'll probably be doing my wordle. He's not lying. But why would you say that to J.D.? No, because Eddie said uh, he's not going to pay attention when you're in here. Oh, Eddie sold you out. Yeah, Eddie sold me out with a straight up. J.D., I'm sorry, buddy. You come in and these guys... It's okay, man. They have a kind of a mind of their own. Oh, I was laying it straight, man. This is um, how it's going to go. That's not a saying, laying it straight. I, it's not, it's no, no, it's not. Setting yeah, it yeah, straight. Yeah. Oh. You could have just said, hey, this is Lunchbox. And I said, hey, what's up, JD? Nice to meet you. Cool. <laughs> and then we could have moved on with our lives. But yeah. he's like, hey, he's not going to listen. He doesn't like music, so don't be offended. Well, yeah. let me tell you about JD. Okay? You guys are making this way too much about you. Uh, I met JD for the first time. We did a show together in Arkansas, raising money. That's right. And JD sat beside me and... Eddie and I would play, and then JD would play, and then people would forget about us playing because JD was so good. He's awesome. And then I was like, oh, man, we should bring him up on the show. But you are one of the rare – you don't live in Nashville anymore, right? I don't, no. where, you, you, where do you live? I live in Fort Smith, Arkansas. That's and, where I'm from. And how does that work out? Do you have to come back to Nashville a lot? A lot, yeah. Too much? Uh, I don't think it's too much. I want to I come back. I love Nashville. Do you drive uh, it? Yeah, most of the time. Oof. Seven I, hour and 15 minutes with one bathroom break. You have a kid? I do. I've got a little girl that's almost two and one on the way. Dang. And you, you drive it two or three times a month, maybe? Because uh, you're also on the road, too, right? Playing shows? Right. Yeah. I, yeah, two two three times a month is probably right, but sometimes it's more. Where did you start playing music? Were you a church guy? Yeah, my dad uh, is a pastor, and when he we had a music guy that he had kind of hired to um, lead worship and he took another job and I was the only guy in the room that knew how to play a piano or strum a guitar so I just naturally got chosen to start leading songs and so you're basically the music leader basically uh, how did you start playing guitar who taught you who gave you a guitar first my dad taught me a few things um, he gave me my guitar but my grandfather was a banjo player in a bluegrass band they would like tour around playing prisons around different regions of Arkansas, feed the guys barbecue, and then play a bluegrass show. So wow. a lot of my, I'd, I'd spend every Friday night at my grandparents' house, and we would sit, and he'd try to teach me uh, some bluegrass standards. And so I knew G, C, and D uh, <laughs> all the way up to uh, like seventh grade, and then I kind of got a bug and started learning songs off you know YouTube videos, teaching myself. What was the goal as you were a kid? Were you just playing music so you could make some extra money or get girls or did you think you wanted to be like a, 
a singer, a musician later in life? No, I, I never wanted to do music. I was, I was not encouraged to do it. My family kind of frowned upon it, to be honest. It, it just was where I'm from. It's not something that you it's choose. It's not a real thing. No. It's, ho- it's Hollywood. Well, and then, you know, it could lead to uh, drugs and alcohol. Sure. So. Yeah. But not if you're leading worship. Right. He could lead worship. He could yes. do music in that way. Not leading drugs and alcohol. Right. But there's yeah. no money in that. So True. up until freshman year of college, I was going to be a uh, a dentist. I was a double major in biology, biomed, um, and then finished my first semester and realized that I was meant for uh, marketing and business. <laughs> Did you just stop going to school and start playing music? Or did you finish school? No, a friend of mine, my senior year of high school, a friend of mine talked me into playing graduation. She knew I could sing and play guitar a little bit. You played your graduation? Yeah. Dang. I feel like I'd be tense as crap. I was. Yeah. yeah. But after playing it, I just got the bug and- What'd you uh, play? What song? Rivers and Roads by The Head and Heart. Oh. That's a good one. But I can't imagine that a lot of those kids knew that. I know the song. I'm a big fan of Head and Heart. I, I didn't know it. I just learned it for, oh. uh, yeah, she said that's what we're playing, and I learned it, and we played it. So so it, did, it, did you get feedback that was kind of like, uh, you know, the reference, like it felt like a drug? Yeah. Where you're like, wow, this is awesome. Right. Um, the next week, I started playing down at the farmer's market in Fort Smith, is there a stage or do you just go stand somewhere no, you just and plug stand in? next to a tent? And do you even plug in or do you just play acoustic and sing I loud? I was plugging in on those early days, but then people would get mad because some of the old dudes that had been there for years getting their corn they and they were annoyed. They, they they annoyed. Yeah. That, yeah, you're doing so, the devil music. That's right. Yeah. So when does it come into your mind that if you focus on this, because this is a hard job and there's no stability in yeah. any art? Yeah. When did that happen where you're like, I'm really going to uh, dedicate myself to it as hard as it could possibly be because I believe in it and myself? I had written songs um, all during college, and I would wake up at 5 a.m. on a Friday, drive to Nashville, um, skip classes on Friday. I'd be here for the weekend, and then I would make it back to class, but my afternoon class on Monday. And during those weekends, I would just record demos and... I finally, my senior year, put out an EP and did a show in Fort Smith, and like 250 people came. One, so you you did one show in all that time, like you? No, I was playing shows all from sophomore year. I I started playing at um, at bars and stuff, just in in the downtown area of Fort Smith. So you you made this record, and you did like a okay, this is me and this is my music. Right. Yeah, it was the first time putting together 250 people. That's a lot. It was. Yeah, I mean, we put a ad in the newspaper and. All all my parents' friends came. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you do a show like that, do you take tips still? Um, no, no, of we, course we, not. You got to be real. You got to be real. This was the yeah. chance for the big time. So after that show, I was like, I, my parents, I think, saw that I had written songs, recorded them in a professional way, put them out, marketed them, and then people came and listened, and they liked the songs. And once I saw that they there was a little approval there. I just was like, all right, this is what I'm doing. Did you move to Nashville for a while? No. Uh, so I had graduated, and then my wife still had a year left of nursing school. We got married um, our sophomore year of college, and after she graduated, we we both just loved Nashville, regardless of music. We loved the town, and that was where we wanted to relocate. And 
So as soon as she finished school, we moved here and lived here for about three years. Did you feel as you were in Nashville that it was kind of a insurmountable mountain that you needed just to get lucky? Because there's a lot of good people. There's a lot of great people that sometimes don't even get discovered. Like, what is that feeling when you're a new artist in this town and you really it's not like you have family in music. You don't have yeah. like super close connections that were built in. What what did you feel like those three years while you were here? Well, my experience was kind of strange because as soon as I got here, COVID hit, oh, and I went to work for a landscape company down in Nolensville. So I most of I got a little taste the first few months um, of what needed to happen, and I. It was going nowhere. I mean, I was just playing a few shows at the basement here and there. Yeah, COVID shut it all down, too. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah. So when did you move back to Arkansas and why? So um, I moved back to Arkansas, I guess it was summer of 2022. My wife and I had had a kid for about three months, and I had started working with uh, – I got a manager and got a booking team. Things felt like they were going in the right direction, and I had a safe – uh, space to kind of just take a step back and move mm. back close to family, get help while touring was going to take off. You know, Justin Moore lives in Arkansas yeah, and, you know, lived here for a while, then moved back. and was like, I just want to be near my family. Yeah. And he was able to do that. But yeah, more and more, you don't, you don't have to be here as much as I think you probably needed to five, seven years ago. Yeah. It would be cool. I would, I would like to go and be, live in Fayetteville. My wife won't let me. <laughs> Such a cool town. I know. It's the, he's like, I'm like, why would I go to Fayetteville? <laughs> I'm like, it's close to Oklahoma. She goes, okay, but it's still not Oklahoma. What about um, Bentonville? Oh, yeah. It's the same to me. No, but would she be open to that? No, because she knows it'd be a trick. Oh, okay. What about Little Rock? <laughs> well, we have a cabin in central Arkansas near where <laughs> okay. I grew up, and I'd rather live where the Arkansas plays, right, right. the sports, you know? Uh, what's been cool about playing all these shows, did you play with Red Clay Strays? I did. Dude, I'm Open, such a I'm such a fan yeah, of them. Yeah, they're awesome. We opened for them at Growlers in Memphis uh, six months ago. Yeah, how was that? It was awesome. They're going to yeah. come up here and play the show too. I'm, I'm okay, just nice. I'm a massive fan. But I've honestly I found them on TikTok. Yeah. So it's like TikTok is legit of a, a music exploration service as anything's ever been. Yeah. Uh, are you doing stuff on TikTok? Are you singing? I'm doing some things, uh, not as much as. Uh, but by, don't dance. But. <laughs> You're not the dancing guy. I don't dance. Okay. No. I mean, I if no one's watching. Yeah, 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 and nude. That's me. I do yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. Um, Parker McCollum, you go with him. We did. Yep. Two dates with him. We did uh, the amp in Northwest Arkansas. So how are you? How do you? Get, does somebody just call and say, "Hey, do you want to open for these folks, or do you want to yeah. support?" That's cool. Yeah, the booking agent handles all that for me. She, uh, Lindsay Hastings, she's a dear friend, but also like just crushes it and uh, sets it all up. What's been the coolest? I don't know. Opening up for Hank Williams Jr. in Alpharetta, Georgia, when. I graduated high school. My wife and I went and saw Jack Johnson at that amphitheater in Alpharetta. Jack Johnson's kind of like the reason why I pursued music. Um, he's my biggest musical influence. But um, we stood by the entrance to the stage, and the manager ushered Hank up, and he got he had just got off the bus and smelled like a uh, big cigar, and uh, he just it was kind of gruff and. We just got a photo with him, and he walked on and kicked in 
and it was it just was a big moment. Um, yeah, he, we, that happened here. He's gruff, and <laughs> oh, he yeah. just kind of walked on. He, I've seen we, that. I've yeah, seen we, that episode. we fought with him, and it was love. And I was like, "Sit down." <laughs> yeah, but he wanted to smoke a cigar. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's cool. And then of all of them, why is playing with me your favorite? <laughs> it's not a real it really, question. It really was it's a cheating. I was question. waiting for that. Yeah, it's a was, cheating question. Before you walked in, I was telling Eddie that that show ended up being one of my favorite from the year. I that, don't know. That was just fun. It we, was just fun. Yeah, we yeah. had a good time. We, we tried not to outshine you. That was our goal. We were right. like, let's not sing too hard because JD's next to us, and we don't want the people to lose respect for him because yeah. of our vocals and our mu- music. I, I loved it. You guys are really funny. Yeah. No. No. We said we said singing quality. I love y'all's jokes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are funny. <laughs> All right, what are you going to play for us, JD? All right, this is uh, one of the first songs I wrote. It's called Ever Brown Haired. Yeah, one of I, maybe number five. Okay, maybe. All right, so what's it called? Brown Haired Blue Eyed Baby. All right, here we go. This is JD Clayton, and he's performing live for us in studio right now. Come on, man! That was awesome. Wow, that was awesome. Like we we played a club, Amy, and then you know everybody's loud at the club and. We were playing, they'd be like, shut up. And then he played, and everybody would shut up. Everybody would yeah. shut up. All right. That's a different. Like, oh. Pay attention. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so good. You guys can uh, follow JD on uh, Instagram at JD Clayton Official. JD Clayton Official. Uh, I know we didn't talk about this. You want to do another one? Sure. We rarely, almost never ask somebody just to do a second one if we don't. But dude, that was, awesome. that was just that was amazing. Thanks, dude. So, um, and while you're, re- if you need to retune, retune, whatever you got to do. What's this song called, JD? This is called Beauty Queen. Oh, this is one about me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one. Both of these are about me. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm kind of embarrassed by this whole day. The opening yeah. line, darling, you're a smoke show. Yeah. I took, took one look. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. If I blush, you guys, just bear with okay. me. Blame All right, me. here he is, J.D. Clayton. Dang, dude, that's awesome. Wow. And clutch whistling, too. Yeah. So good. Dang. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I could not do that. Like, as amazing as you are, I was still like, like, how did he even do that? I wish. Man, uh, you're awesome. I appreciate it, Bob. Yeah, Thank really. You. Thanks I'm, for having me on here. I'm super glad that you came in. We're also featuring you on a national countdown show, too. And um, super cool. You guys follow JD. Maybe it's the first time you heard of him. Uh, at JD Clayton Official. And uh, go stream him. You working on new music now? Um, yeah, we're almost done uh, mixing my second record. I'm working with Vance Powell. And um, hopefully going to be rolling that out here in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Dude, Let's well, go. congratulations. Um, I think our audience is going to love you. And Hey, I will say Lunchbox did pick his head up for a second there. You wordle? Yeah. No, I got the wordle. You, oh, you got nice. it, so you yeah, gave I, up. I got it, so I had nothing else to do. I got <laughs> it in five. And you can't the, go to another wordle? No, it's only one a day. There's not like old ones you can do? I don't know if I can do that. I usually do it every day, but the average was 4.3, so I was below average today. Oh, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never done a Wordle. So you have six chances. There, it's a five letter <laughs> word, right? Yeah. And you guess it. And like, if you, if it's a yellow letter, that means it's, that letter is in the word, but you have it in the wrong spot. If it's green. But you just randomly guess a letter. Like, you just pick an L. You just pick a five letter word and you put it in there. Okay. And so, like today, I started out with the word beast. Is there a clue? No. You just, you just randomly pick a word. Randomly pick a five-letter word. That and it, so and beast. beast. And so of all the five-letter words you went with beast. Yeah, I think about I, things to describe myself. Oh, and mm. beast is one of them. Mm. Okay. And so yet you ended up being well, below average yeah, on but, the word. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, JD. Um, and so the B was in the right spot. It was green. E A S T were gray, so they are not. They don't even exist in the word. They're not in the word. So you got to go to the next line. And I guessed. Blown. B L 
B-L-O-W-N. B-L-O-W-N. The L was yellow, so it's in the word, but uh, in the wrong spot. It's blade. Oh, thank you. No, that's the right spot, though. No, yellow is in the wrong spot, oh, so the, the L can't spot. be the second. Yeah. So what would you guess next? Because the O, W, and N are out. But the L somewhere else. Yes. So I'd probably bail. Bailed. That's too many letters. B-A-L-E-D. That is six letters. Label? Well, no, it's five, but I may be spelling it, it wrong. It starts with a B. Oh, it starts with a B. What? It starts with a B. C? It's tough. Man, I want to play it. this game. Everybody, thanks to, it. thanks to J.D. Clayton for coming by. <laughs> J.D., hang tight. Um, B, you don't know where the L goes. Right. Ba- balls. Can it be two of them? Because it could be two. Yeah, right? you can have double letter. Balls. Okay. I, I, my next word was build. Okay. The U is in the right spot. B, U. And then and there's an L. L. Then I, not in the word. L, wrong spot again. D, not in the word. Okay. It's B in the word. Yeah, yeah B is in the right okay. spot. B, U, right. uh, bulky. Bulge. Bulky. I went with bully next. What? I know, I said bulky. I know, but I'm telling you what I did. What oh, did you no, but with? I'm just guessing a word. I understand. Oh, wow, wow, wow. The word was bulky. Oh, it was. You got it, dude. Wow, look at you. You'd be See, good you got it four. I wouldn't have. Just so, all, it's all luck. So it's how many chances you can get the Who are word you again? Oh, JD's yeah. here. I'm sorry. Oh, you, like, you, you forgot you, about JD Clayton no, being no, here again. Here's the thing. Honestly, you, this is more interesting. Yeah. You only get six <laughs> guesses, and then you just lose. So have you ever got on the first guess? No, I've gotten it on two. If you get it on the first guess, it's pure luck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I've gotten it in two, and that feels amazing. And I thought, man, I'm so good at this game. For the first time ever, though, uh-huh. like Sunday and Monday, I didn't get the word. I missed at it all. twice in a row. Oh, that was the man. first time. I've been doing this for like two and a half months. I never played this game before. And I was like, man, I'm really good. And then I, I was like, man, I need to re-evaluate re- my strategy on it. But What do you think about JD? Oh, great, man. Great dude. I really appreciate that, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's making a bad financial decision not living here because if he drives up here three There's times a quality a, of life. Yeah, decision. well-being. Right, right. But yeah. listen, if he drives up here three times a month. Listen to his money talk. He's okay. really, he's really You're wasting money on gas. You got to get a place to stay. You got to pay for a hotel. I mean, it's just getting Well, that's the same up. thing, place to stay in a hotel. So you just doubled for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but you just pay two times for. You gotta get food to eat, and then you yeah. also have to, to consume. Food. Food. And maybe, yeah. maybe he sleeps on someone's couch. Maybe. Well, that's... my no, my dad's a pastor, so I just we we're really well off. Oh, uh, yeah, so so. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, take financial advice from this guy. Thank you, man, for all all your help today. And um, your Wordle. I didn't know how to play Wordle. I literally had never. And known. the only reason I do it is because my wife did it, and so it's something so I can like. Okay, she was doing. It, I was like, that's so stupid that you do that. But then it's like something we can. Uh, like, oh, did you do the Wordle Day? You can bond and, over it. Yeah, we go over what we guessed and, like, who gets it better. You know, like, oh, how many did you get it in? Ah, uh, three. Can you prove it? Yeah, it has your stats. Oh. Like, see, it, it tells it all right here. I believe you didn't have to throw your computer yeah, out. And, and it tells you, like, oh, the, the, the bot says, I would have guessed this word. Or, and, like, my first word <laughs> oh today, beast, uh-huh. out of all the words that were eligible, I eliminated all but 52 Dang. That's pretty good. I'm so wow. bored. Good after job. the second guess, I was down to six possible solutions. Wow, just got more bored. Yep. And then after possible. the next guess, I was down to two. Dang. Then my next guess, I was still down to two. They said I didn't eliminate a word, which oh. is weird because bully's a word. So I eliminated them. Then I got it right. All right. Well, JD, we appreciate you, but let's just do the whole thing again. It's been so long yeah. since we were to play. Just play the both songs again. <laughs> yeah, you got uh, it. You guys follow JD Clayton. Awesome. JD Clayton official. There he is. JD Clayton, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. This is Jose from Missouri. Good morning, studio. I have a joke for Amy. I was up all night wondering where the sun went. 
Very proud of me. Hey-o. Hey, All right, next up. I just heard the podcast about Eddie's deal he did at the coffee shop. And if I remember correctly, he was supposed to laugh for five seconds at his own jokes. And then Yen didn't address that because the video sucks so bad. But he did not laugh at his own jokes for five seconds. So when he redoes it, he needs to laugh at his own jokes for five seconds. We need somebody to go back through the actual terms of the bet because Eddie screwed it all up. And you have to do them. She nailed it. She did. Thank you. We need no, you she guys did, to She call didn't, though, because the video was actually good. The audio was really bad. No, the whole thing was done terribly. And you can see the video. It's perfect. Okay. Uh, so thank you. We appreciate that. Eddie has to do it again. Here's Amy's pile of stories. A small town in New Hampshire is upset about a new business called the Diaper Spa. The where, diaper spa. Uh, yep. People okay. wear diapers and pretend to be babies. Oh, adults. Yeah, the owner is a therapist who says it's not a fetish thing. She claims it's a form of therapy not to yet. help people promise or process, <laughs> excuse me, issues from their childhood. I'm sure that that is the intention, but you know there are going to be some freakos. Yeah, it's yeah. also uh, me the diaper fairy or whatever. It's close called. to a park, so uh, there's a petition that's been uh, put up. More than 500 people have signed it, but there is a 90 year old in the neighborhood that says people need to chill out. This doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> the diaper spa has an adult sized crib where you can spend 1.5. One, but, but who says that? Like Ray, one point five thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fifteen hundred bucks to pamper the little ones inside of you. Okay, forgive me for this dumb question, but the girls—they're just wearing the diaper too. Nothing on top. I'm what? sure they wear a shirt. Okay, well I'm just oh, checking. I don't no, know. I don't know, know if everyone's much. just wearing diapers. I just pictured like, okay, this is where it gets freaky. So a two-hour session, if you're there, is but you're not in there bucks. with other people either. Oh, you're not. It's like a room. It's like a you going to get a oh, massage. Oh, I, I thought, thought there was like a bunch of babies bunch in there, of like babies. a daycare. Well, you can have a virtual play date that they'll hook you up with other people, I guess, for 200 bucks. It feels a little odd, but yeah. it doesn't feel illegal. If it's a real doctor saying that this, it's weird. But that doesn't mean that it's, <laughs> it needs to be shut down until there's some sort of proof that there's some weird stuff going on. Okay. If you do sign up, it comes with top-notch care and pampering services. That's why I would want to go, the pampering. <laughs> Some right. of your needs, I mean, think about it, if they weren't met as a child, maybe you can give yourself... Yeah, I'm not going to do that, though. Okay. Yeah, what else? A woman is going viral for bragging about how she returned her couch to Costco two years later, and she suddenly just decided she didn't like the couch, but Costco has a very generous return policy, and she straight up took advantage of it. Although some are commending her like, hey, if they don't have it written anywhere and they gave you a full refund, the money got put back on her credit card, $900. All she did was go to the counter. They, She had a receipt. They pulled up her order and they're like, oh, gave her the money back. And so online, there's a big debate. It's split. Some are commending her and some are totally just slamming her for taking advantage of them. Well, she is taking advantage of it, the rule, but what's going to happen is they're going to change the rule and make it harder for people who actually have a reason to bring things back. Yeah. Eddie, didn't you do that with your TV? It's very well known that that's their policy. There's no questions asked. If you bought it 10 years ago or five years ago or last week, you can return it, man, for a full refund or an exchange. Most of the time, I would hope people were getting a refund or an exchange because it was a faulty product. Right, right. It you didn't like it the first few times you used it. It didn't yeah, like live up to the expectations. Not you used it, it died, and then you traded it in. Well, it died, man. It's not working anymore. After years. <laughs> I, I, I feel you, but this is why rules get changed because people take advantage of them. All right, what else? Okay, I've got a quick little quiz for you, Bobby. I'm, okay. I'm going to figure out how middle-aged you are. Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to be keeping score. Just say yay or nay. Okay. Uh, you can't sleep past 9 a.m. 
Nay. Oh. Uh, you can't start a movie past 9 p.m. My job dictates that differently. It's, I haven't been able to do that since I was like 22 oh, all, or 23. You're already young. Uh, you have to ask a kid or call kids for tech support. No. Okay. Uh, you <laughs> have... I'm Peter Pan. You call like 30-year-olds kids. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. If they, if they look young. Okay. Yeah. You're, how old's your wife? Okay, kid. <laughs> okay. You swap <laughs> ailment stories with your friends. I don't know how old people are. It's hey, my point. Hey, listen to that one. This one's good. Maybe say that again. <laughs> you swap ailment stories with your friends. I mean, my other athletic, my <laughs> athlete buddies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you're on Facebook. No. You are. I'm not on Facebook. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are, dude. You are. Yeah, no. You haven't the, synced oh. up to your Instagram. It loads. Oh, it. Oh, you, yeah, you don't, may not know it, but, but, but I'm not on. No, no, no. But I don't ever post on Facebook. I don't even look at but Facebook. But you do when you post on Instagram because it's. But that doesn't count. But I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't even. I don't even have a login to my Facebook. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give you a middle age. <laughs> no, I don't get on Facebook. That doesn't count. Okay. Uh, you write appointments on a paper calendar. No. Uh, you're not quite sure how you got that bruise. <laughs> not sometimes, but mostly from training. <laughs> you go into the bank to make a deposit. No. Mm. Uh, you've dialed a rotary phone before. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I was a kid. Okay. You still have a landline? No. Okay. You can't find your glasses that are sitting on top of your head. Oh, no. No, but I can't find my glasses because I can't see if they're somewhere. And I laid them down. I'm like, what the? Wow, you scored good. You are not very middle-aged. Well, the Facebook thing, you even cheated me out of points there. Okay, fine. If I remove that. I don't even know my password to get into Facebook. Four out of 13. But somebody will go, hey, I saw it. You're right. Somebody say, I saw it on Facebook. I was like, what? You mean Instagram? They're like, no, because if I load a story, it loads through Facebook yeah. as well. Yep. Yep. I need to turn that feature off. <laughs> yeah. Is it that bad? I mean. No, I just, my I have a Facebook page with like 20 people from like high school or something. I guess that's, I don't know. I don't even know who sees that. So I guess not. All right, what else? I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Mary Martinez is a teacher at Pinecrest Elementary in South Florida. She's like, how can I relate to these students? How can I make them pay attention? So she started using football to teach math and language. Hut, 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 dance it, touchdown. Different terms. I don't know exactly how she did it. Some of her lessons went viral on TikTok. And the NFL saw it. I was like, that's really interesting. So Dan Marino, who used to play for the Dolphins, surprised her with a video saying, hey, here, you're a big Dolphins fan and you love to use football in your teaching lessons. For that, we're sending you to the Super Bowl. Wow. They've been doing a lot of the Super That's Bowl awesome. sending. That's so cool. It's so cool. Everybody's getting sent by Lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I'm like, I watch football. I do a lot of stuff for the community. Yeah. No, nah, not real. Well, football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, St. Jude. But you're told to do that. That's right. Okay. <laughs> she's told to teach. That's a great story. What's her name again? Her name is No, Mary- she's not told to teach. That's her job, her profession she's chosen. Her name is Mary Martinez, and she's a lifelong Dolphins fan. And so when she is there in Las Vegas, she said she will be cheering for the 49ers. Why? Doesn't say. Okay. Oh. <laughs> they probably just asked her who you're rooting for. Yeah. yeah. All right, she's great story. 49ers. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia, starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to spend this hour talking about Toby Keith. If you haven't heard, country star Toby Keith has passed away. Uh, the news was shared on social media earlier this morning, so we've kind of just been gathering our notes and clips so we could put together a, as concise of an hour of a tribute as we possibly could. Uh, Toby told the world in 2022 he was battling stomach cancer. His last performance was in December for a sold-out Las Vegas show. Had some friends that went. Said it was just a great show. His family put out a brief statement on social media. And again, we saw it this morning. Quote, Toby Keith passed peacefully away last night, uh, February 5th. Surrounded by his family. He fought with grace and courage. Please respect the privacy of his family at this time. And it was back in June of 2022 where he announced he had stomach cancer. He was in town. He's been in town a couple times since, but he was in town 
and you receive the um, like the, the the songwriter that like basically a lifetime achievement songwriter award, and he played. Obviously, will have such a lasting impression in country music. A lot of personal thoughts and stories from me that we'll do this hour, even from you guys if you have them. Proud, Oki. A lot to say about him, but I was going to play a couple clips from when he was in studio just recently. This was Toby on our show just a few weeks ago, talking about his health and talking about getting back to playing shows. Probably only worked a handful of shows in the last wide COVID. Two big C's, COVID and cancer. So it was, uh, I hadn't worked a handful of shows in the last three years. But I worked every year for 27, 28 years. The only uh, thing I had that concerned me was being away from it for three years and remembering all the words because they subconsciously uh, come to you when you're working. Yeah. You don't even think about it. You know them. And then getting completely away from them and having to start back. So they had a teleprompter up there, and I got into a, a little bit of a sound check. We're going to go full dress rehearsal today, but um, I didn't even use it. It was just like riding a bike. Oh, you knew all the words? Yeah, once I got up there and started rolling and it got familiar, I just I didn't even look at the teleprompter. Again, this is from just a few weeks ago here in studio. Here is, you know, I asked him how he was doing and how his stomach surgery affected his singing because it all has to do with each other. It's all affected by each thing. Here you go. You're going on the road. How's your health? How's everything going? It's going pretty good. Um, this is a roller coaster, and it takes a little while to get your brain wrapped around it. You get to a point where you just say, hey, uh, this is what I do, and um, you can't let it define you know, your future. You can sit around and wait, 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 but the thing that I've had to overcome is the surgery I had on my stomach, they had to uh, stitch on my diaphragm. So, and not using it to sing every night, that is a muscle, you know. So I've had to really work that to get it. So where I sing really, really hard and really, really violent and loud. And uh, I didn't have that last 10% on the bottom where I could just really belt anything, you know. Like when I sang MacArthur Park at Carnegie Hall, it was like opera stuff. So I don't know if I could do that, but what I do on stage is no problem. So it's like I've had to I've had to uh, work on that diaphragm, and it's getting better all the time. But I I went through uh, about three hours yesterday off and on, you know, going through our list, working it up, and I didn't have any issues. You know, when it comes to Toby Keith, some people are larger than life on screen or on a video or in an interview and then you meet them and that's really not the case because they're just normal people. Not the case with Toby Keith. <laughs> not with Toby. Not that he wasn't a normal dude <laughs> because again, we were lucky enough to spend a good amount of time with him even out of the studio. But I can just remember the first time that Toby Keith came into the studio, the first time that I had ever met him. And again, there are legends in country music and there are contemporary legends in country music. Like the contemporary legends are Toby, who still was making music, but will always be known for making history at the same time. McGraw, Chesney, like those would be contemporary legends. And so it was a big deal, Garth, that Toby was coming in for the first time when we first moved to town. First of all, massive dude. 
look like a football player. Same thing a lot of times when you meet somebody that's famous or you see somebody from TV. They, they're not as big in real life as they are when you're looking at them on camera because they're like standing next to little chairs instead of normal sized <laughs> chairs. But Toby was a monster. And so I remember Toby coming in, huge personality. And, you know, he was ready to go. Like, he was here to go. All right, look. You guys are all funny and stuff, but I'm Toby, and I'm funnier, and don't come at me because I'll come back harder, <laughs> which I loved. And I remember saying, uh, hey, man, how's it going? Just as a random, generic, just to see where he would go. And he goes, Google me. <laughs> <laughs> we were all caught by surprise we on that We still <laughs> quote that. That's 10 years ago. We still quote that to this day. Google me. But as serious as he was about that stuff, you know he was he laughing would, behind oh, it. It was totally him messing with us. Yeah. <laughs> but he would say it serious. Yes. Google, Google me. Google me. You want to say Google me. <laughs> and so to- Toby was a trip. Uh, and I think this whole hour will kind of share stories. I have friends in the country music community that are uh, reaching out to me to go, hey, like, what's up? Can we talk? Do you want us to talk? Sure. Anybody out there that's listening, that if you're a listener and you have a story or if you're an artist or a manager and you have a Toby story, like hit us up. We're here. 877-77-BOBBY. If you can't find the number, Google it. (laughs) (laughs) He said once, uh, and I don't, this is also a story that we share as a kind of an inside joke around here as well, because Toby had such a, a big presence he said he made more merch and one more money on merch in one night than the president does in a year. I don't remember the context of how we got <laughs> into that as the thing. I think it was shortly after the Google meeting. Oh, I know, but I don't remember what, <laughs> yeah. what we were talking about where I would ask a question that led him to saying, mm-hmm. I make more money on merch in one night than the president does in a year. But that's when I knew there were going to be a lot of things to quote. Like <laughs> every time he'd come in the studio. Completely quotable. We had no idea exactly... What, especially Eddie and I, what our relationship would be with him over the next 10 years or so as we were right. played with him and traveled with him. Uh, if, if you're just waking up, Toby Keith passed away. They announced it this morning way early. I'm not sure when it happened, uh, but we'll spend all hours sharing stories and sharing music. Toby Keith passed away. The news came out this morning. He was in studio a few weeks ago. And he didn't look like the Toby Keith that we've known because he had been battling cancer and had been battling going through different procedures. Um, you know, was 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 pretty thin, but was still super positive. Yeah, his demeanor still had the big Toby Keithness about him. Like he was seemed just more fragile, but still seemed very much him. So right. It was- He was wearing a lot of clothes, though, to try to not show that his health wasn't good. I mean, multiple coats. He had sunglasses on. He had a hat on. The sunglasses he had on. Oh, he always (laughs) had sunglasses on. on. Yeah, but these looked especially like (laughs) big and almost like a rapper. Yeah, they were bigger. They were were bigger. Yeah. But still came in. And if, if, if you weren't able to see him and you just heard it, you didn't watch it back, you would have thought that. Here's a guy on the other side of it mm-hmm. because that's why he was coming out. And I don't know this for sure. But what it seems like is maybe this is 
what he was doing one final time instead of this is what he's doing as he comes back. Like this is him doing his last shows in Vegas and like his last round doing any sort of media or hanging out with us. And I'm, I feel super fortunate that he was here just a few weeks ago. Uh, and I told you guys that are listening, like, call. If you have a story, let's go because we have 100, but you just don't want to hear ours. Like, for example, line three, Kim in Washington, D.C. Kim, I appreciate you calling. Let's go over to Kim if we can uh, pick her up. We have new everything. Everything's broken. All right. So it's new phone. I clicked it. It acts like it's good. Kim, can you hear us? Right, I hit three. We have new phones. There we go. Oh, wow. Whatever cool. happened, that was the weirdest Hi. sound. Hey, Kim. Hi, good morning, studio. Morning. morning. Can you tell us your story? Oh, it's a great story. And it just epitomizes what kind of guy he was. Um, my, my husband was a, a Marine, a career Marine, and we did two tours at Terrace Island at Drumsburg. And it was the summer... 2002, right after 9-11, of course, not even quite a year before, and the first two weeks of the recruiting process, when they actually get to the depot, those recruits are gone for two weeks. You don't see them, you don't hear from them, along with our husband and all the other families who are all missing our husband as well. Well, Toby Keith was in that area. He had done a concert either in Charleston or Savannah. And he actually made a detour. And why this is so important is because he actually came to an abandoned airfield on Ferris Island and gave a concert. And the commanding general gave all of our crew, all of the drill instructors, all of the families, <clears throat> basically two hours to come on the base to this ratty old airfield that was hot marked with things. Awful. But they had a stage set up, and Toby gave a killer performance. Killer. And he just loved his troops. He loved being American. It, for him to take the time out of his downtime to give this concert, and not only did they give a concert, they catered a barbecue for everybody there. No doubt that Toby Keith loved. America, I'm gonna need to put a boot in your butt. You know what I mean? No doubt, no doubt. I mean, that, and that'll be one of his legacies. How much he loved the flag and the troops. Um, one of the shows that we played with him, Eddie and I went to what well, DC? Yeah, right outside of DC. Mm-hmm. And all before the show, because we were going to go back. And again, Toby had invited us to come open for him last minute because something had fallen through. Like, sent us plane to come get us. He's like, hey. Uh, can you guys come open for the show? One show. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, sure. It's kind of a quick deal. So he sent his jet, picked us up, flew us up there, and they were like, hey, Toby wants to see you guys because it was, it was kind of like land and fire, meaning we, we were we were in and going. So it wasn't a lot of time to like, whatever. I mean, we don't do anything anyway, but we weren't there all day. And they're like, hey, Toby wants to see you. And we go back to see Toby, but we c- couldn't get back there yet because there was a line of people that Toby was talking to. It's probably 13 or 14 people. And so we're like, we'll just come back. They're like, no, no, hang out for a second. You should see this. 
And so Toby had brought in a bunch of people from Walter Reed, the hospital where a lot of the injured mm-hmm. military men and women were. And I brought them all backstage and was hanging out with all of them and just spending a few minutes with every one of them. That's awesome. And that wasn't something that, that he put up on social media because it's probably something he did every, or I know he did a lot, but something he did consistently. Every time that he was able to do it, he did that. And I think that's what a lot of his uh, uh, legacy will be. Yeah, I feel like Kim's story is probably one of multiple over all of these years where he would, yeah, maybe if he learned of something or knew of a place during his downtime, he would just pivot and make it happen. I do want to talk to Rod, who Rod is the head of iHeartCountry. And the reason I want to talk to Rod is because Rod went to his show in Vegas, which was basically his last run of doing shows. And Rod, like me, was like, man, how's he going to play? Because, again, he looked like somebody who'd been battling cancer. He's, he was frail. And I remember Rod, and I can let Rod tell the story. It started off, and I was like, oh, boy. But then by the end, he was rocking it. Rod, what was Toby's last show like? Oh, man, I, I have so many thoughts. Um, thanks for letting me share, because it's obviously coming, you know, rushing back to us as we wake up to the news. But, yeah, we go to Vegas, and we, we got the, you know, fortunate opportunity to go backstage, say hi, and take pictures, which now is, you know, an amazing uh, memory and something special to have been a part of. But, yeah, I called you right away. I'm like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, this Toby T show is crazy. And keep in mind, when I saw him, it was the second night of back-to-back night. And you just didn't know what to expect, right? This is a guy who was persevering but battling. And I can tell you for sure that, you know, he didn't get on stage and do 45 minutes. He didn't get on stage and do an hour. He did an hour and 45 minutes or more, which was just remarkable to watch. And you said it from the start of the show to the end. He got more energy by the end. I was worried, like, hey, when is he going to tap? <laughs> because, again, that it, it is a difficult thing to physically get through. And the last three songs were bangers, right? He had more energy. He was feeding off the crowd. It's what he did, right? You could see that an artist who lived to perform got all that energy from the from the crowd. And, and he walked off stage stronger than he walked on stage. It was it was. Honestly, remarkable to watch it. What was the crowd like with Toby? And was it just a pure sing-along the whole time? Oh, the whole time. You know, obviously you jump on your phone if you've got stuff and start looking at uh, pictures or videos. I mean, I I was in the crowd doing that whole thing, phones up for all the songs. The only one um, that wasn't really sing-along but was a huge moment, as you can imagine, is Don't Let the Old Man In. You know, he just sat there, just him and a guitar, and I was about to post a video of that one. I mean, that's that's now even more touching than it was, but everything else, you know, every word, it's sing-along from start to finish. But but let me, let me add this, because I told you this after the show. You would have thought, great vocalist, right? This guy could sing live um, and was terrific, but you would have thought maybe some backup singer help. To my knowledge, it was him, right? He wasn't looking for people to fill in any notes that he couldn't hit, any of that. He hit them all, and it was just Toby and his amazing band. It, it, it was cool. Eddie and I played Frontier Days with Toby, and it's a whole <laughs> set of, you know, there's like seven or eight artists, but we were direct support for Toby. It was Toby. This is a different show than the DC one. Uh, 
muddy, just it was just awful weather wise. Place was still packed, and so we played up until like nine thirty, and Toby played after. But I remember. Rod being like, yeah, I was on the bus with Toby Keith till like three o'clock afterward because he came. With, Rod came with us. Just Toby sharing stories larger than life. What, like, what, can, what can you share from that? Well, again, another situation. I had no business being there, right? But next thing you know, because uh, I was hanging out with you guys, you're the opening act, and um, you know they wanted they wanted a chance to say hey to Toby. I'm like, cool. To your point, next thing you know, it's after midnight. We're, we're having a great social event and the guitar comes out and there's nothing like it, right? A, a, a legend literally sitting in front of me, just picking on the guitar and singing. And that's when he told the story about don't let the old man in, which is a line he, he got from Clint Eastwood. He played golf with him at Pebble Beach. Uh, Clint Eastwood getting up there in years. And Toby's like, how do, you, how do you play golf every day? How do you come out here and hang out every day? And it's Clint Eastwood who gave him the line. He wakes up. And he doesn't let the old man in. And it turned into this song. And I watched Toby picking this song that I'd never heard before. And it was just, it was life-changing, quite honestly. I will never forget that moment, as late as it was, on a tour bus. Well, we appreciate the time coming on with us this morning. And for those that don't know that song, we're going to play it coming up in a few minutes. That's the last song. Because he had put out a single before and then had just decided, we're going to do it again. And when he was here the last time, that's what he was saying. Yeah, it's kind of weird we're doing this, but we're going to do it again. So we'll do that coming up in just a second. Rod, thanks for your time, man. Oh, I appreciate it. God bless Toby Keith. What a powerful line of, like, even just thinking about that right now. And I think when the song plays, like, listening to that and a reminder to all of us of, you know, even how we can wake up and what we can do with our day of not even like if you're older don't let the old man I in I say don't let the wussy boy in yes or that or don't let the in every know, day no, every day the There's complainer in yeah. or so, whatever you're feeling don't like don't let that in. person in look you in know? the mirror you wussy boy don't let him in <laughs> don't let him in that's your version of the yeah, song don't, don't okay. let the wussy boy in <laughs> texting with my father-in-law right now who is massive Oklahoma fan lives in Oklahoma like when I'm home with my wife in Oklahoma, I have to tell him, like, okay, enough Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Can I please talk about Arkansas a minute? Like, just sports. <laughs> just, but uh, he sent me this whole thing about Toby Keith, and he says, uh, sad day for Oklahoma. Oklahoma loved, all caps, loved Toby Keith. And he just wrote, beloved. I think a lot of people listening in Oklahoma feel like it. that's their dude. I think a lot of people in country music feel like it's their dude. Uh, we have George Burge on the line and the thing about George is he just had a number one song just so I can kind of set this up with uh, I got my mind on you. <laughs> no, all the words. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. But um, we, we talked about George a couple weeks ago with him because it was an old school picture of him and Toby Keith. And we were like, hey, what was that? It was him, Toby Keith and Post Malone. Now, George, do we have George on? There he is. George, what was your relationship? How did you get to know Toby? So, uh, hey guys, good morning. Morning, man. Morning. So, Toby actually uh, was one of the first people to discover me as a musician and uh, signed me to one of my first record deals in 2015. So, he was always just larger than life to me. Um, we had come like out of a van and trailer, like touring across America, playing dive bars, and he took us out on tour with him. And all of a sudden, it was amphitheaters and 30,000 people a night and just classic 
big dog daddy style. Everything was like the biggest you'd ever seen in your life. And I was a Texas Longhorn and he knew that. So he always loved to give me some fire about it. We'd show up and my name for the green room would be on the porta potty or on the trash can or something like that. Um, but he was also always really cool to us. Like he gave us longer than we deserved for sound check. Like we were always welcome at his catering, which was like filet mignon and lobster mac and cheese and then we'd be standing side stage watching the shows and um it'd be bob stoops or larry bird or roger clemens and it was just the most surreal um experience getting to tour with him and i think more than anything he had you know all the success and the fame and all these people coming out to his shows but he just genuinely loved music he would go on stage play 90 minutes worth of number ones for the fans and then he would grab us and he'd say hey let's go to the bus and he would want to play acoustic guitar for like three hours on the bus and just shoot the breeze and he was literally a human jukebox not a lot of people know this but he knew you couldn't name a song that he couldn't play as a cover. He'd literally like aggressively look at you and be like, name a song, any song. <laughs> and uh, he would make you, he would make you say a song and then he could play the whole thing from Merle Haggard to Sugar Hill Gang. It was unbelievable. Um, his just love and respect for music. What did you see about him as a professional, as a performer that inspired you? I think it was the way that he held the crowd in the palm of his hands. He had everybody, um, he, he really made everybody feel seen. He would, um, you know, thank everybody for being there. He was proud of who he was. He was proud of the music that he made. And more than anything, he was proud of his relationship with his fans. And I think they genuinely felt that. And there was a real connection there. So it wasn't just him up there sitting behind a guitar playing music. It was him um, enjoying time and connecting with friends when he was on stage. And then my final question will be um, off of that. Like what kind of person, when no one else was around, like, what do you think about when I, when I, I mentioned Toby Keith? Toby was one of the most successful guys in the history of country music, if not maybe the most successful. And, uh, but he was also one of the most generous. Um, and it was not when people were looking, um, you know, not a lot of people know that Toby hired, you know, almost exclusively from his hometown, um, from people that he grew up with. Um, he started that, okay, kids corral, um, taking care of, um, kids that were sick. He was always donating his time and his money to the U S military. Um, he was a guy that, uh, knew who took care of him and he made sure uh, to do the same George appreciate you talking with us this morning thank you guys and I um, appreciate y'all having me on All right, George Burge uh, again was signed to Toby's label uh, toured with Toby has a lot of great Toby stories Bones. spending a lot of the show if not most of it talking about Toby Keith they announced this morning that he had passed away at 62 years old I want to put on Eric in Delaware Hey, Eric, we appreciate you calling the show here. A lot of people have stories, thoughts, emotions regarding Toby's death. Eric, you're on. What would you like to say? Oh, my goodness. Hey, good morning, studio. Morning. Hey, uh, quite the somber Tuesday. Um, but I just wanted to share a Toby Keith story about um, when I was deployed in Afghanistan. We had just... Uh, gone under, you know, under attack and lost some people. Very somber, uh, bad time. We knew there was a uh, concert coming, but we didn't know who at the end of the week. And, uh, you know, I kind of stumbled upon where it was at. And this big blonde haired dude 
get on stage and start strumming his guitar, and I lost it, and it was Toby. Um, you know, he just rocked out for us in the middle of Afghanistan and um, brought us all home through his music for maybe an hour or so, and he didn't care that he was coming in to a hot zone, and he just wanted to be be there with us, and, and he did. So it was amazing. Yeah, that track's fully on brand for Toby. Uh, we appreciate that story, Eric. Um, we got a lot more just like that, too. I, I just said, hey, if you, you know something, I mean, and it is like. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. Every week, we'll pick a new song from the list and talk about their placement on the revamped 2021 list. We'll also have guests join us, ranging from the artists themselves to the producers or simply other writers like ourselves who voted on them. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside and Britney Spears' Baby One More Time. There's so many fascinating stories that have been forgotten, like Midnight Train to Georgia starting with a phone call to Farrah Fawcett, or how the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs inspired Kelly Clarkson's banger Since You've Been Gone and Beyonce's Hold Up. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A., I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, 
start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We were, I don't know, just in studio one day and, and Toby Keith was touring and whomever was opening for him was not able to open for him for a show. We knew Toby and Toby calls and goes, hey, can you guys come and do a show, open a show for me? The opener fell through. It was Eddie and I, the Raging Idiots. Now, it was so quick and we have a full band usually when we do big shows. Not this time. But is he on now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's just, let's hold this story then. Okay. Uh, yeah, turn him on if you can. Uh, Jake Owen is on the phone, and Jake is one of these guys that I know had a real, real like, would, would be really, and is really sad about this. So I even thought maybe I don't reach out to Jake, but then I just wanted to give Jake the chance, as, as emotional as he is about Toby, to talk about it on a stage where a lot of people could hear how important Toby was to Jake. Uh, Jake, good morning. Uh, you know, you heard the news. What are your thoughts? Hey, man. Hey, guys. Uh, it's just tough to, to really process, man. It's kind of paralyzing, really, how much not just, you know, take myself out of it and the world and put them first and think about what he did for so many people. And uh, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is, yeah, he's, his music was great. And, but, you know, he went on over 300 USO tours. And um, I know he spent a lot of time with my good buddy Scotty Emmerich going over there. And, and visiting all those soldiers and giving more of himself than just the music. And over the last probably couple years, I've been checking in with him on and off. And one of the most prolific things that he told me in a message back after I told him I was thinking about him, I was just reading back through my text messages, thinking about how fast he can lose someone. And he said, uh, Jake, just make sure one thing. He said, life is way bigger than this music. Make sure you leave something behind it bigger than the music. And I think that's important for everybody to know. Jake and I were down, I think we went to Orlando, and Oklahoma was playing Florida State. Now, Jake's a massive Florida State fan. Uh, Toby was there, massive Oklahoma fan. I was along for the ride because my wife's an Oklahoma fan. And again, Toby loved OU, loved Oklahoma, and Jake and Toby, we all, Jake and I went over to the suite where Toby was, and Jake and Toby didn't even fist fight right before the game. They loved each other that much, <laughs> even though their schools were playing that night. It was just respect. It was such a respect to, and again, Jake has so many number ones, and, and, and Jake's my friend, but like Jake's a big deal and has made a heck of a career out of country music. But to see just uh, the respect that Jake had just for Toby as a person as you were sitting there, it was like watching somebody who's great, like look to somebody who has been great for such a long time. And I think, I think a lot of artists felt that way with Toby, not even as a singer, uh, not even as a songwriter, but also a philanthropist. I mean, I, I feel like a bit, he was like a, in a way, a mentor to you as far as how to live life. Yeah. I, I think he's a mentor for all of us as artists, really. And for those that had never got to meet him or spend time around him, um, I really feel for those because he left a lasting impact on me just from a standpoint of being a strong guy that kind of did it his own way, you know, that some might say could be brash at times. But uh, I think that's what made him who he was, and he, he did what he believed, and that was always doing things for other people. Um, and 
you know, his wife, Trish, is an unbelievable woman and strong. And I've played a lot of golf with both of them. And uh, I just can't imagine what his family's going through right now. But it's just important that everybody out there knows that he left an incredible gift of his music, but not only as a human being while he was on this earth. And that's all I could ever strive to do. Toby known to give, but could you talk about Toby as a songwriter just a bit? Because we know Toby, the singer, we know Toby, the larger than life presence. We know Toby, the person who gives a lot, but I think something that happens with even artists like yourself, the songwriting part of it isn't really that public because you write it in a room and who knows who writes what. Toby Keith as a songwriter, what would you say about him? He's up there with guys like Merle Haggard. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about that. And one thing that people don't realize about Toby Keith is if he had, I mean, I can't imagine how many number ones the guy had over probably 40 or 50 number ones. And he wrote, I think, 15 or 20 of them by himself. And um, it's just, man, I don't know. It's hard to even process the music right now outside of, as I mentioned, the legacy he left behind as a human being. I've talked to so many of my friends this morning from... John Daly to, you know, Brian O'Connell, the promoter that spent so many years with him. And everybody's just, nobody's really talking about the music as much as we just obviously talk about him as a human being and, and, and how much he impacted all of our lives. Okay. And so I, I think it's great. You guys are shining a huge light on him. And I hope that we all as a community don't just make this a day that we do this, that we, we always reflect on how much a guy like him has has uh, meant to us. Well, I know it's hard for you to come on, so I appreciate that. I love you, buddy, and uh, rest in peace, Toby Keith. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, man. See you guys. All right, see you later. Don't just make this a day that we do this. That we we always reflect on how much a guy like him has uh, has meant to us. Well, I know it's hard for you to come on, so I appreciate that. I love you, buddy, and uh, rest in peace, Toby Keith. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, man. See you guys. All right, see you later. That's what you're going to hear people go to, is what kind of dude he was, mm-hmm. even though he has so many number one songs. And most of us would just know him from his songs because we didn't know him personally, but those that knew him personally took something away from him that I think they didn't expect. The story that I was going to tell, I mean, this is a, a funny story, but Toby calls and goes, hey, will you, can you guys come up last minute and open for this show in, in D.C.? It was not It was right outside of the Amphitheater at uh, Jiffy Lube Live. It's considered That's D.C., right. but... It's like Northern Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. And we're like, yeah, but we can't get up there. We don't, we're not going to be able to take a Southwest flight. It has it all <laughs> down, but they, they like specifically made this shirt quickly for us. And so we go back and I, I, I mentioned that when we get there, you know, we're in a bit of a rush because we were late and we're trying to sound check. And we go back to talk to Toby, but there are so many veterans who had been injured that were at Walter Reed they had brought to the show and he spent a time with all of them so we we didn't need to spend a lot of time with him because we knew him but I just wanted to say hey we're here don't worry we're here look here we are we're good uh thanks for thinking about us and he was like so how do I tell when we're on stage how do we tell you because we, we had costume we had like uniforms outfits that we wore as the raging idiots because we were so we did comedy we wanted people to know that we weren't serious so we basically had the same outfit on and he said, how do I, you guys should come up and sing Red Solo Cup. That's the first thing. 
And I'm like, okay, I know that song. Well, the problem with knowing a song is you think you know a song until you're supposed to sing the song. <laughs> right. Because, you know, red solo cup. And you, then you forget, uh, f- proceed to party. Or, let's have a let's party. Have a party. Yeah. And let's, so you're like, oh, God. Oh, no, I don't. I just sing along with it on the, <laughs> like on the radio or play it. And so, so we're cramming our phones. And I'm like, do we sing it together? Eddie and I, he goes, no, I'll call on you. You're the white one. You're the Mexican one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. We got it. That's we got it. Cue. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's our cues. And so, because Eddie had introduced himself as the Mexican one of the Raging Idiots. It was, it was me that went yes. up to him. He was and like, said, I'm the Mexican one. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he loved that. Yes. He thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Like, all he right. Goes, oh, no, you're the white one. You're the Mexican one. <laughs> got, got it. it. <laughs> so we get up on stage and he's doing Red Solo Cup. And again, I'm a little nervous because although I know the song, when you have to sing the words with the band in front of 20,000 people and you know people are recording it just because it's Toby and you screw it up, it's going to get posted on the internet. And also, you don't want to disrespect Toby and sing the song wrong. So, Eddie and I are cramming. Right? So, so this guy, but that, and we're like, okay, I got it. So I go out and he's like, here he is. White one. The, well, the, Bobby Bones. <laughs> and um, I'm like, I, luckily, got it right. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Proceed to party. And he goes, and now, where's the Mexican one? Well, the thing was, he didn't he didn't reset the joke that Eddie introduced himself as the Mexican one to Toby Keith. So anybody watching was like, he's looking for the Mexican the one. Mex- what? What? And you can see the whole crowd just being like, what huh? is he talking the about? The Mexican one. <laughs> But to Toby, he knew exactly Toby, what he was talking about. Toby, he was about. just living what the, told him two hours ago. He was like, where's the Mexican one? And then Eddie comes out and sings it, and it was awesome. And we didn't screw it up. I don't think that bad, but... Well, not that bad, because at the end of the night, we're walking by his tour bus, and he's out there, and he goes, hey. And I go, oh, uh, hey, Toby, thanks for having us. He goes, hey, next time, learn the damn words. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, I love this. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't know he said that to you. Yeah. That's funny. Never forget it. Um, so my point with all that is, even when he was on stage, he wasn't thinking to himself, how can I be this person they want to see? He was just himself. Didn't even care to share the inside part of the joke that probably would have made people go, oh, okay, he's not just yelling words in Mexico. He's, Eddie introduced himself <laughs> as the Mexican. <laughs> he just didn't tell everyone he else He just didn't that. tell anybody else <laughs> that part of the joke. Need to clarify. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that was... Oh, and we were playing, opening that show. I remember looking on the side stage, and David Lee Murphy was watching us yeah. as we were playing. And I remember thinking, this is bizarre. We're playing, opening for Toby Keith. David Lee Murphy's watching us, because he came on the road to write with Toby. Yeah, just to write. Yep. And Toby Keith is there. We're going to go. It was just a, a wild night. And on brand, like people have been saying, there was military standing backstage too. Like yeah. you have David Lee Murphy and a bunch of military people, mm-hmm. color guard, everything back there. A lot of Toby stories. We will come back with more. I have the first time he was ever on our show in 2013. I have some clips from that. Um, I have callers. I'm going to try to get to whatever I can get to. Rest in peace, uh, Toby Keith. They announced he died early this morning. Toby Keith passed away. They announced this morning, not sure exactly when he passed, but this morning early, the family released a statement saying Toby Keith had passed. He was just in our studio a few weeks ago. Played his last shows in Vegas. Uh, We had George Burge on, who just had a number one with Mind On You, who toured with Toby. Toby was the first person to give him kind of a record deal. We had Jake Owen on, who was very close with Toby. Um, I was texting with John Daly, the golfer who's friends with Toby. 
and I've been texting with him for the last few minutes here. And he said, hey, I want to come and talk on your show, but I can't quit crying. Mm. He was the best. We just talked a few days ago after a surgery. Uh, and then he said, F cancer. Mm. That's what John said. He said he was the best brother. Mm. So... As you can see, it's people not going, man, he made the best songs. He sang the best songs. It's people that knew him going, like, he was a guy, he was a human who cared about other humans. Big personality, loved Oklahoma. We went to my wife and all of our family, and you know me, I'm as Arkansas as it gets, but I do root for Oklahoma softball because... Basically, our family coaches that team. Uh, Patty Gasso, the Oklahoma softball coach, we're very close to her. She's my brother-in-law's mom. And so we go, and it's hard for me to root for Oklahoma, I'll be honest with you. But I do, (laughs) and I love Patty. And so we went to the um, championship game, which we have been a a couple, because they've won, I think, two or three in a row. And Toby was there. He's in, and he's a tons of OU stuff. Off. He still lived in Oklahoma. And so he was there. And then we go to the after party. Mostly because I just want food. But then Toby sh- showed up and they sing. Uh, they sing. What, what, uh, would you have the clip, Ray, of Toby in the bar? Yep. Here, play this. Crazy, huh? That's really yeah, cool. Yeah, Fun, on brand. What a cool memory for them. Mm-hmm. I do want to go talk to Cowboy Mike in Maryland who is on line four, Raymundo, if you can pick him up. Hey, Cowboy Mike, can you tell me your story? Hey, good morning, studio. Morning. morning. Okay, so uh, I love his music. It always felt like he was out there for us, you know, the regular guy. I was in Vegas in his restaurant, and we were just sitting there eating dinner. He comes in, just the hugest presence, like you said, he took time and went to every table, shook everybody's hand, little chat, you know. And um, when when people would ask me, you know, when I would tell them, they were like, can you just, like, how was it? Describe him in one word. And it was just genuine. The only word I can think for him is genuine. Got to be pretty cool to be having dinner and Toby Keith comes to the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says hi. Yeah, we appreciate that, Cowboy Mike. Thank you for the story. Thanks, guys. I want to go over and talk to Billy in Georgia. Hey, Billy, you got to meet Toby, I'm hearing. Let's go check it in. Billy, you met Toby? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got the meeting, Mom. Um, so I got a lot of playback. Hold on a Okay, but changes her. I apologize. Oh, you're good. Okay, so, um, yeah, I met him in Iraq in 2011. And um, first of all, uh, like, like everybody keeps saying, he's a genuine guy. Uh, you know, when you meet him, it's like you know him. And, um, this is, sorry, there's... Oh, we lose him? <laughs> I can read you what, what he was going to say. I guess we lost his cell. He said he got to meet Toby in Iraq. He did a concert for them. They started to get hit. As far as, I don't know, bombs or enemy fire. Yes. And he said, Toby went and hid in the bunkers with everybody. And then after that was over, came out and sang Courtesy Red, White, and Blue. Mm. Wow. Right after that. Wow. Wow. 
I keep uh, in my mind playing over and over what a caller earlier said. I think his name was Eric and Toby had come to Afghanistan when he was deployed there and they had had a rough week, lost some people and then Toby played for an hour and the way Eric put it, which is probably how so many soldiers feel because I guess Jake Owen said he played 300 USO shows. I know. So a lot of people saw Toby, but the, for one hour they were taken home. You know, and to be overseas and in that environment, but then to have an hour where you get to be home. You're in, you're not in America, but Toby took them there where they probably felt just such comfort and peace for that one hour. Toby was obviously synonymous with Oklahoma. Again, he moved back, which a lot of country artists don't do because the industry's here, but Toby was like, I'm good. I made all my money. I'm still going to tour. I'm still Toby. I'm still Toby freaking Keith. (laughs) And so, but he was on and we just, this didn't really make the show, but we talked about his love of Oklahoma football and just because he's a massive fan. Do you live close enough to go to a bunch of games? Like, are you close enough to Norman? I'm seven miles from the stadium. My ranch is about seven miles. The stadium kind of sits on the outskirts of town and I'm out further. Would you ever put on another team's, like, Shirt. No. Now I will say this: uh, my par- my mom's from Arkansas, and my dad's from Oklahoma. So, like I told you, I'm all OU. But my second, if I have a second favorite team, is Arkansas. And the first two or three football games I went to as a six or seven year old, my grandmother took me to Fayetteville and Little Rock to two different. They y'all played two different stadiums. So I went to Fayetteville, and then I went to Little Rock, saw Tech and uh, SMU in the old Southwest Conference, but. So I tell everybody, Keith Jackson's a great tight end at OU. He's from Arkansas. And when we see each other, we yell Boomer Suey instead of Boomer Suey. <laughs> uh, Toby Keith passed away. They announced it this morning. When we come back in a second, I have Toby's very first ever appearance on this show, which is now 11 years ago, the first time we had met him, when he gave us the infamous Google Me. Wow. Yeah. And I don't even know if he said that on the air. Uh, I think he just said that when we were talking really? to him being funny. Oh, really? Oh, okay. We've told that story. So, it's been an even. inside joke with us. Yeah, but I have clips of him on the show for the very first time. Uh, we'll do some callers. You know, Toby was in just a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> if you have a, a great story, we encourage you to call us to 877-77-BOBBY. Be back in a second. Country star, country icon Toby Keith has died. Maybe you saw it on social media or heard us talk about it earlier. The news was shared on his social media way early this morning. 2022 is when he told people he was battling stomach cancer. Had kept as much of a private as he could. Obviously, we didn't know what he was going through. He was here just a few weeks ago. And we talked about his health. His last performance was in December. He did two shows, maybe more. Uh, sold out shows, his final shows. Um, larger than life. The first time he was ever booked to come in. I didn't know what to expect. And again... We had just moved to Nashville. It wasn't like we knew anybody famous. And famous people coming to the studio at this time, we were just like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> we can't believe they're going to come. And I would say he was the first, like, big, extremely magnetic presence, and at times maybe even intimidating, because he was so large as a human, too. Not only was he there and he was like, I'm Toby. He was massive. Like six, I don't know, four I didn't even know how big he was. So everything about him was big. And so what we did is we pulled some of this from the 2013 in-studio interview, the first time that we ever talked to Toby Keith. I think before my voice even changed. I was oh. still going through, before puberty. Oh, so it's really <laughs> high-pitched. Mm-hmm. And so here we go from 2013. 
Toby on getting into horse racing with his dad, buying his dad his first horse, and winning its first race they entered. Here you go. How'd you get into racehorses? Uh, my dad uh, had some family friends who he grew up with who had some homegrown racehorses. But around 94, 95, go to the track with them, watch them run their horses. And I said, Dad, I'm, I want to buy you a horse so you can. So I bought him a little old, bought half interest in a local horse and we win the first race and he was all excited you so. won the first race mm-hmm. did you expect to win the first race no, okay. I just, the guy said hey, i got a horse i'll take twenty thousand for half of him so i bought my dad a horse and and he went to uh the track at remington there remington park oklahoma city and won his first race and it was like and then i was hooked i was like i'm in did your dad get in the picture afterwards oh yeah yeah he went down oh, on yeah, in, oh, yeah. in the infield got in the picture with yeah. the horse in the winter circle yeah yeah Here's Toby talking about Willie Nelson and what it was like to work with Willie back in 2013. So what's it like working with Willie? Spending time with Willie. Well, the unique thing about him is uh, the guitar player that's been in my band that, that I've had for forever, Joey Floyd, was the little boy in Honeysuckle Rose. So my guitar player grew up in the Willie family since he was in grade school. To be around them all the time, it was just like they were already family. I was in with them the second that I, that I met him and uh, Willie's always been very professional, very good friend. Call you, tell you a joke. He loves jokes. If you, you know, he'll just call you up out of the blue and say, "Have you heard a good one today?" He's <laughs> he wants to know when he starts his day out whether he's going to have some new material to lay on everybody all day. And it's amazing how big his heart is and and the little light that shines in his eyes and and what a you know what a great guitar player had. Jazz, he is man. He is jazz. Willie is just jazz. He his his guitar is like an extension of his spirit, and he can really create music on a guitar that no one else can. Yeah, Toby has the I love this bar and grill. That's the name of it, right? Yeah, I've seen them all over. I've been in them, but that's what it's called. I love right. I love this bar. I love this bar and grill. Yeah. Um, He talked about sneaking into his own restaurant to watch his the workers. Toby Keats, I love this bar and girl. Continue to expand. You have almost 20 locations now, right? I think there are 20. Are there 20 now? Yeah, maybe maybe more. At press time, there was 18, so two have happened in the last hour. Like, yeah, they're growing we, like weeds. We had twins. Yeah. <laughs> so, you ever go just, okay, you don't tell them you're coming, but you see one, you go in, you oh, have yeah. a meal, and just, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you get, like, bad service, and you go have a talk with the, the manager. Well, you usually don't get that far. I mean, when your picture's on the wall and it's your joint, you usually sit down and somebody goes, all right. Oh my God! You're oh. Then they go tell everybody, and everybody freaks out. Yeah, so it's I snuck in one, and and uh, and actually didn't get it. Very, it was in the afternoon, so it was like four o'clock in the afternoon, so it was tweener time of day. You know, the dinner crowd hadn't hit yet, and the lunch was way over. And I kind of snuck in a side door and and sit down by the bar. And we'd been playing golf, so we had four or five golfers. So they just thought we were four or five dudes, and took them ten minutes to figure it out. <laughs> But it took them a while to wait on me. I was like, hey, you're not getting over here quick enough. So let's slop some whiskey out here, girls. Come on. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Toby Keith, rest in peace, man. He, we spent a, a good amount of time with them over the years, not only in studio, but out of studio, on the road, opening for him, or I don't know, man. He was just larger than, than life for sure. Amy was drinking, and I know this was not on purpose I've never seen you drink out of a red solo cup before in the studio no I I grabbed it last minute when I was walking out of my house I hadn't even 
looked online yet. I didn't even know he had passed away. Um, but I have these travel, like, or to-go clear cups I normally use. And I was, I opened the door and I was out. And I thought, oh. So I go over to this other cabinet where we keep, like, you know, the Tito's. <laughs> And that's where the rest solo cups are. And I grab Wait, one. So that's what you're drinking? That you're drinking no. Tito's? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm still having my iced coffee. But I was I was like, oh, I got to hurry. Grab that. And I walk out. And then I'm sitting here drinking my coffee. And Mike D's like, hey, it's kind of fitting. Amy's drinking out of that's a red solo, solo cup today. Awesome. And so, yeah, that part is very I- ironic. Yeah, rest in peace, Toby Keith. We, we've spent the last two hours telling stories, talking about Toby. Our stories, listener stories, artist stories. If you want to hear any of that, you can check it out all in the podcast. We will put it up there. Just go search for when the show is over. Go search for the Bobby Bone Show on demand. With Jake Owen on talking about Toby, uh, George Burge, our stories. But it'll all be up on podcast if you want to listen to that again or if you're just waking up. Sad news. Toby Keith passed away. I, I was very surprised. He was just here. I can't say I was shocked because I knew I guess I wouldn't be shocked if anybody's battling cancer like that but I was very surprised because my feeling was he was doing this all again to get started again mm. and now I think that maybe that wasn't the case I think he was doing it again to do it one last time like coming here like going to Vegas like to play yeah. those shows so uh, rest in peace Toby Keith Bobby Bone Show Bonehead Story of the day This story comes to us from Louisiana. A 36-year-old man's driving his white SUV. He's got blue lights inside, and he sees a car kind of making a legal maneuver. And so he says, woo, woo. Not a police car? Ah, he's acting like a police car. Got it. I knew something fishy was going on. Yeah, he had his blue lights in his car, pulls the car over, (laughs) walks up, shows him a badge, and the guy's like, Man, there's something not right about that badge because I'm a real cop. Oh, oh, no. It's made of gum. <laughs> and so the guy tried to run back and get in his truck and drive away, but he had to be restrained. They found a gun, a police scanner, fake badge. You know, you could just go train to be a cop. Yeah, but that's a lot of work. Yeah. It is. It is. Absolutely. And you probably got to pass a background check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, you can do that young. If that's like your dream. That's true. Take the time. Study. You gotta be fit. Get in shape. Yeah. Become a cop. Otherwise, if you do this, you will go to jail. But literally, he pulls this guy. Like, when you pull the guy over, what are you gonna do? Like, tell him, hey, bad, bad, bad. Like, you don't have tickets. Or you say, if you wanna get out of this. Oh. I'll tell you how. You know what you, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that that's true. I'm just saying that. All right, there you go. Thank you. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. We appreciate you guys being with us here today. You know, we did spend. A majority of the show talking about Toby Keith. It's not my favorite kind of show to do because you hate to just see people die, honestly. And we had a good and interesting, hilarious at times relationship with Toby Keith. (laughs) And we shared a lot of those stories and different people called in and shared their stories. But if you are just waking up, first of all, wake up earlier. Okay, it's late. <laughs> it's way Maybe late. Maybe they were yeah. late. Well, I'm jealous. Come on, just wake no, up. No, no, wake up earlier. <laughs> okay. It's not fair. You get to wake up this late. Um, or maybe you listen to the podcast, but then you heard us talk about it already. But country star Toby Keith has died. He had been on our show just a few weeks ago. Um, he 
didn't look like the Toby Keith that we had known forever because he had been battling cancer. I don't think you would have known it was Toby when he walked in, had someone not said, hey, Toby's coming in. Yeah. And, and he also was co- very covered up because he was going through it more than I think we even knew he was going through it. And obviously he wanted to keep a whole lot of this private. I passed away last night. Or they announced this morning. So it, it, it could have been the last few days. I don't know. They're very private about it. Um, but again, it came out this morning when the statement put out a, the, the family put out a statement. So, but we did a lot on the show. If you want to hear that on the podcast, it's not all that, but there's a couple hours of it because what we thought we were going to do as a tribute hour to Toby Keith turned into, oh, you know what we should talk about? Oh, you know what we should talk about now? Oh, remember this? And so we did a lot of that. And it's not like the saddest show ever. It's sad and it sucks he died, but he wasn't a sad person. He was you know, the opposite of that. So when he came in, he's a firecracker, man. (laughs) All right, that's it. I hope you guys have a great day and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everybody. The Bobby Bone Show. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.